Hey, 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 good morning. This is After the Gig. Today on the program, I have Drew Angus. Drew is a Connecticut artist. He has a new single out called Made to Love You. And let me tell you, if you are getting married soon, or if you're asking someone to marry you soon, this should be your wedding song. This should be your first dance. If you're in prom, this should be your prom song. Uh, it's really, really great. And Drew has a voice like butter. It's a pretty, uh, pretty remarkable, very talented uh, dude. Very, very nice. He opened up for Carbon Leaf in New York City at the Gramercy Theater. And uh, we got to talking and we set up this podcast. And I'm happy to finally bring it to you. Not finally. You don't know. We could have done it yesterday. You have no idea. It wasn't. But this is the podcast and the conversation with Drew Angus. Also, before we start, uh, stick around for the music at the end. I always forget to tell you that in the beginning. And if you want to email into the podcast, it's afterthegigpod at gmail.com. Go to afterthegigpod.com for the merch. And uh, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Enjoy the conversation with Drew Angus. Cars were made to drive The sun was made to rise and set From the east into the west Just what I was made to do I was made to love you I was put on earth for this And my reason for living My one and only purpose I was made Um, it's, I was just listening to, um, or I was on your website and I was watching a bunch of the, the, the videos and, and, and listening to some of your tunes before, before we hopped on here. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, I'll, I'll listen to a bunch of stuff and I'll write down some things that I want to like, you know, key points. And then we expound on that. And I was just like, fuck man, like who has a voice like this? <laughs> I was just, oh, I was just like, <laughs> you could do anything with it. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, I'm wondering, like, do you have like perfect pitch? Like, is there something going on there that, that, you know, you have a magic button or something that you push? Yeah, it's right. It's right here. It's like, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's like, if I don't hit this, I sound like garbage. <laughs> That's right. It's the auto tune. It's the auto, the auto, uh, <laughs> the auto larynx. Yeah, man. No, it's great. It's like you sound Thanks. you sound so good. And I popped up when you were opening for us um, at Gramercy, and um, and I popped up right when you were singing "Made to Love You," which which is is like a perfect song. It's a fantastic. Thanks, song. Thanks, man. So, Thanks, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm dumping all the money into that one. I'm putting all the eggs in the basket. It's a good it's a good one to put the eggs in the basket. I was thinking that I was like. 
this is a really good song. We should probably do something with this song. It's pretty good. Yeah, so, I don't know. What do you even Thanks, do? Man. What do you even do with when when you have a song like that? What's, uh, what's you scream into the void, and then and then <laughs> hope that somebody hears, uh, and and then you get to work. Uh, you know, through the the avenues, you do a little bit of radio. You see if anybody bites, and Sirius XM doesn't bite, and and then you try to do a little PR, and you try to throw it on playlists, and we. Man, we reached out to like probably, and I say we like uh, my my assistant and my my manager type folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like we just like get on the email and, and start reaching out to wedding planners and to like any blog, oh. it, like literally any any blog that has anything to do with first dances, weddings. Uh, things like that and just and just that's so interesting i didn't try even to pitch th- it to those people i didn't even think of that i didn't even think of that i mean it's per it's it's like of course now that you say it, it's like yeah it makes perfect sense why wouldn't you do that but it's like you know it, it's an interesting thing angle that i don't think a lot of people think of especially you know probably listeners of this podcast that aren't usually always musicians and it's like oh that's how they do that you know you put it to a wedding planner interesting you know, that's that's very that's you know that's interesting to me. Yeah, and maybe the wedding planner recommends it to their to their clients to add as their first dance. And I wrote it. I wrote it for my best friend's wedding. You know, it was it was written as a first dance. Uh, Has it been a first dance for anyone complete. else other other than your best friend? Yeah. Yeah, it has. Uh, I've, I get videos. I get videos like as we get into like the summer season and the the wedding season. I, I get videos like people sending me DMs. Like uh, here, we just use this as like father daughter. We just use this as as like ceremony music. We just use this as as the first dance for a wedding, and like they'll send send a little video of it. And at first, it was like people that I kind of knew through somebody through somebody, and then it started to be people that I have no clue how they even found my song, but it's, it's, uh, for me, it's like, it's over a hundred thousand streams right now on Spotify. And that's, and, and it, we did it in, in six months. And wow. that for me is a win. Uh, that's huge. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it can only go, it can only go up from here. It's only going up. Yeah, that's awesome. Six months, huh? Wow, that's quick. So you, when did you record the song? Uh, when did we record it? We put it out in May, I want to say. Okay, so you've been busy during the pandemic. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, I like to do things. Uh, the <laughs> pandemic was not a healthy time. <laughs> it's good when you can put the do thing attitude and, uh, you know, put that motivation into something incredibly uh productive rather than just uh drinking every night oh well (laughs) or you could do both that's fine no judgment (laughs) (laughs) can we talk about something else (laughs) oh man pandemic was weird dude it is like what did you like what did you do what did you guys do i um we had a baby so congratulations we did, we did that um 
that's yeah. that's one thing a lot of people I I know also did. <laughs> it's funny. It's so crazy when you uh, you know having knowing that you're going to have a kid is stressful enough. Like you know you get the, you have the news and it's very exciting and and then you get ultra hyper productive and just you know how am I going to pay for this thing? It's like this thing, this person. And, uh, yeah, but it's like, you know, you don't know what the costs really are. Everyone says like, Hey, it's going to be so expensive. And obviously finance finances for everyone is, is, a is a, a stressful topic. But, um, when March was coming or May, oh no, March was coming around and all this stuff in 2020 was becoming a thing. Like our due date was April. So, of 2020 like of 2020 so okay it was this whole thing where they were not you know they're taking away elective uh procedures and stuff in the hospital then like you can only go into the hospital if you're having a kid with your significant other and then there was all this talk about that the husband or, or the significant other whoever it is can't come in you have to do it on your own and that whole that like blew our minds and we actually induced early to avoid to avoid that about we induced about uh like three or four days early which oh was gosh. yeah which was totally uh you know fine um but just that whole time surrounding like that early pandemic time was so weird no one knew what was going on to be in a hospital like I remember being in the hospital, everyone was wearing masks. It was the first time I'd seen, been in a place where everyone was wearing a mask, and uh, we yeah. didn't have them until we went up into the room. They're like, "You have to wear this." And then I think from that point on, it's like mask all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it was, wild. It was really wild. It was really wild to have a kid during a global <laughs> pandemic, a once every hundred years, yeah, global pandemic. But I uh, mean, yeah. you know, I ended up getting super into photography and doing live streams and doing the carbon leaf live streams. And, and, uh, that was, that was nice. I got a camera, started getting really creative with it. And, uh, you know, now I'm moving on to writing more and playing, playing on people's records and doing background vocals from my house and all that stuff. So I'm busy. I'm keeping busy, you know, doing, doing a podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's dude. that's kind of the that's kind of the crazy thing with with how uh how, how the pandemic kind of gave people specifically like I, I mean a ton uh, people from all different walks of life and 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 ways of 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 whatever people do uh but you know like you're saying you you bought a camera and you got really into doing the live stream thing you know like a lot of people got into that and it's and then like I, I just i was scrolling through tiktok this morning and felt found the girl who who uh traded a bobby pin for uh a like basically traded traded a bobby pin to to buy a house uh her, her goal was her goal was to start with a bobby pin and end up with a house <laughs> and, and trade up and trade up That's and she crazy. did it uh, and oh my like, God. I remember running into like a year and a half. She did this in a, in a year and a half. Think about that. I mean, like starting from literally something that you buy at CVS, a hundred of them for a dollar kind of thing. 
And then now she owns a house in Nashville. Uh, wow. And that, that's, no money exchanged. That breaks my brain. Right? That's that's like some Gary, you know Gary V is? Oh, yeah, dude. Gary V. Yeah. That's like some Gary V stuff. Like he he's like, if you if you need three grand, like that's in your basement. Like you got it. You already got it. You just got to sell that shit. You, you know? got to you got to sell those cards. I remember uh, hearing it or seeing a news story. I think it was on TV. I can't remember. It was it was a few years ago, but it was a similar situation where this kid had a baseball card, some something along those lines, you know, whatever it was. And he really wanted a Porsche and he ended up on Craigslist, just like either selling the trading, trading up, trading up until he got a Porsche and it, and he did it. And it's like, man, that takes a lot of follow-up emails, <laughs> a lot of follow-up emails <laughs> to, to turn a baseball card into a Porsche. Unless it's like, you know, uh, some crazy rookie card or something like that. Then you could do it in one shot. I'm sure. But yeah, I, th- I feel like I would have such traders remorse, like the fear of, <laughs> Oh my God, did I make the right trade? Is this going to be like, is this, is this next, is this pair of earrings or whatever the next yeah. thing is that you trade a paperclip or a card for? Yeah. Is it like, oh my God, is anybody going to want this? And there has to be some risk in the trade, like knowing, not knowing exactly what you're getting or like, what if I'm trading? If you're trying to go up that high, like, what if I'm, doing something that may not be worth what I think it's worth and I won't be able to trade up for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's got to be some risk and also you got to like, you're really a salesman at that point. You have to be a salesman. Because you have to keep going up, you know, you have to convince, you have to convince someone that what you have is really what they want, you know, I I don't know. It's just crazy. It's really insane. Did you get into any... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. she, like, as you do, you doom scroll, you start doom scrolling. Right. Uh, and she traded, she traded three tractors for uh, a Chipotle celebrity card worth $20,000. What? Of burritos. What even is it? I even know a Chipotle celebrity. Is that like their? I had no idea. It came. I know it was what that like is. it was like this this carved like oak box that like full of burrito like, cards. Not burrito. Oh my god, that's unreal. Three tractors. Three tractors. What? <laughs> yeah. How do you get rid of three tractors? I mean, you got to go to a- and then who has? Who needs three tractors that has all those free burrito cards? But I want to know who needs that many burritos. <laughs> that many burritos. <laughs> it must have been like the owner of, of the local Chipotle franchise that also had a farm. It's like, right. hey, I need these tractors. Here's what I got for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, could be that. Like, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, uh, man, did you get any any uh fun stuff over the pandemic? You know, other than yeah, crippling self doubt and uh, and oh, pain? crippling self doubt. You know, uh, uh, perhaps uh, uh, a liver problem, and uh, <laughs> kidding. Um, uh, and uh, uh, what did I get into? I I 
I bought a Black Magic Cinema Pocket Pocket Cinema 4K camera and got into got into like live streaming and and uh, all that stuff. And actually, I, I got into painting. Really? Because uh, there was there was one point where I started to really, you know, you get up every morning and uh, um, it's another another day in the pandemic, and you wonder what the am I going to do today? Uh, and you walk downstairs and you pick up the guitar and you start to like, I don't know. I started to really hate music. Like, Oh, and I think, I think I just didn't like, I think it was, it was uh, some outside factors kind of pressing down the crippling self doubt, the wonder whether I was ever going to be able to do music again. Uh, like, are we going to live through this? You know, like what, what is going on here? Um, and, uh, and I found an outlet in like abstract painting. Interesting. Was, was that something that you used to do when you were, when you were younger and you just kind of refound it or you just never no, just no. picked it up? I wouldn't, and I wouldn't call me, uh, I wouldn't call myself a, a good painter by any stroke of, of the brush. Yeah. But you know, but, it's, it's interesting to get into something like that. Like, you know, like later on you know i don't know maybe maybe it isn't that that crazy but um you know i would i would figure that usually someone would have some kind of art prerequisite or something but that's awesome i think it's great yeah man it's it's like it's super meditative and and it's it's about like i think i think part of it is also you know you 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 put colors on a page and or on a on a canvas and and for me it like i didn't have to judge the song or judge like not being able to write that day or or being frustrated like i there was it was like i couldn't i couldn't judge i, I couldn't get down on myself about it it was like well that one was crap next let's do it again let's see if it's let's see if it's good this time yeah just taking and, the pressure out of it it's just taking the pre- exactly, just taking the pressure off. Yeah, that's well, awesome. Uh, do you do you is, has that like picking up painting and stuff? Has that helped with your songwriting? Maybe that that approach of taking the pressure off and and you know has that has that helped you at all in any of that? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe I haven't. I haven't found. I haven't seen the results. Not in like a tangible way. Yeah. Not in a tangible way yet. Yeah. Uh, this actually the last 2021 was, uh, actually I worked, I worked a lot in 2021. Uh, I play a lot of weddings on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, they help, they help pay the bills so that I can do the original music. Um, and you know, 2020 was very strange, but towards the end of, end of 2021 or 2020, like we still had these, these companies that would call it like, Hey, uh, can you, uh, we've got this, we've got this really super secret small wedding at a, at a backyard and in the middle of nowhere. Can you, uh, can you put together a small band? Uh, they're not going to do any dancing, but, uh, they, they want a band for their wedding. Can, can you make it happen? It was like, uh, is this a bad idea? Like, like what's going on with this wedding? What's, you know, and like that happened, that happened a bunch towards the end of, end of 2020 and then 2021. Like, you know, we, they've, 
like another company flew us down to Florida and, and, and we did some gigs there and, you know, like, that's cool. so like I worked, but you know, it was like the whole time questioning, like, am I making poor life choices? Like, <laughs> like is this, this is a terrible risk. <laughs> Were these people being secretive about their wedding? Just, just because like, because they, wanted they, to weren't, have a they weren't, they weren't supposed to have a wedding. They weren't and they supposed to do it. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. I follow now. <laughs> Well, you know, whatever. But. No, but it's like you know, I, I I know friends that postponed that postponed their wedding for how you know however long they had to postpone it for, and, and then at one point they're just like, listen, we're either gonna split up or we're gonna get married. So let's get married. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I get I get it, man. That's gotta be. I mean, if you're playing a wedding down in Florida, it was probably like party you know party party yeah there was no pandemic <laughs> yeah no pandemic down there oh man uh, well that's cool that's cool dude like it's great to be able to have that outlet and do and do the weddings and stuff like i think that's i think that's awesome yeah kind of but also you know i i think getting back to your your initial question there like has has painting uh helped you kind of uh take a different approach with your songwriting in 2021 ended up actually being i i went into the studio and and recorded made a, a record's worth of material that's that's gonna come out this come out this year that's very cool um, and you have you have something coming out on the fourth right yeah tomorrow uh that's friday tomorrow. Damn, this yeah. it comes out at midnight that's uh, awesome. a song called a song called me and you it's kind of my my uh my love letter to tom petty and uh it's 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 a song for for anybody who's ever uh, driven a little little too fast down the highway with the windows open, uh, and yeah, it's me every day, right? <laughs> uh, do you when you go into the studio? Do you uh, do you have a particular process? Is it just you by yourself? Do you work with a producer? Do you have a particular band that you play with, or are you just in there kind of doing your thing? So this one, we went into the Carriage House down in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, really cool kind of vibey studio. I don't know if you've ever worked out of there. Uh, I don't think so. But uh, they went in with my producer, uh, Mikhail uh, Pavavarov, and uh, we put together a great band, Jordan Rose on drums. He's uh, he's with Corey Wong and Theo Katzman and and that, that kind of crew. Uh, and uh, Ryan Hommel on guitar. Uh, who's with Amos Lee and a whole slew of other really great local musicians that I work with all the time. Uh, Jeremy Goldsmith is on the record. Uh, Spencer Inch is on the record. Billy Ruger is on the record. Um, Chris Yunker is on the record. Uh, who else? Damon Grant. And yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up it was like we had a small crew in the studio and then after overdubs it was like we had we had like 300 people on the record kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. it's like let's just keep adding let's keep more. adding people it all sounds good we can always delete it more later. more <laughs> yeah it's all it's tough that uh trying to play that subtractive process later you know i don't know if you if you do that or if you feel like you're adding things in that um 
you know, it, this is so specific and inside baseball kind of thing, but like adding things in that, you know, that you're not going to use later or, you know, it's, it might, it, it must be just fun to be able to play with that palette of, of musicians. Do you ever have an issue? Like I have too much greatness on this thing. You know, I need to start pulling it away. Um, I don't, I don't know about, well, yes, I, I'm, my producer is of the mindset. I feel like, and he he will listen to this and probably yell at me for possibly saying this. It's like, you know, like, let's put a lot, put a lot in and then kind of pull things out and find find the right mix uh, at the end. And I'm I have been in the past about like throw everything at the wall and then and then pull things back. But I'm I'm like in my mind, I'm trying to take more of an approach of like, let's just do with the bare minimum and see, see if we like, I guess when, when, when I go into the studio and, and when I'm like sitting behind the, the sitting in the, in the, the mix room, I want it to feel, I want it to feel special every single step of the way. Like if, if something's not, not like, you know, raising the hairs on your, on your arm and like, kind of making you feel what the song is supposed to feel feel like from from the get-go like something's off right that's a good way of putting that because when you are in the studio and you look back at something uh or you're listening back to something in the control room that feeling when it's when it's all working and you hear it through the great speakers and stuff the high fidelity coming back at you and that you're right you know the hair sticks up on your on your arms and it feels really really good like you know, yeah if you're if you're spending money to be in a studio and work with the producer and 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 put out something that you're proud of uh you better feel that way <laughs> you know it's it's it, or it's not really <laughs> worth it i don't think i mean do you have you had right. anything that's come up that you have felt that way that you've kind of had to like throw away and and start from the beginning again I don't think you've. I don't think any artist can honestly say that they have not. Uh, right. I. I mean, in, in a studio, because yeah, of course, you start writing something like this is dog shit, and then you rip out the page and start a new one. You know. Well, I mean, no, I'm saying like I've 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 spent too much money on things that that like I was a was a puppy dog or just green yeah. or just like didn't know what I was doing well enough or couldn't 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 communicate what I wanted in, in a strong enough way uh, or in a, in a clear, a clear enough way that, that, uh, that we ended up with a, with a product that, that like didn't fit, didn't right. fit my, my brand didn't fit my sound was what, you know, and you throw it away. This ends up in the boneyard. It ends up in the boneyard. If you saw, if you saw my Dropbox or old hard drives full of full of bone yarn. Yeah, voice memo, uh, little well, snippets uh, of even, ideas. Even stuff from studio. Even yeah, stuff like finished finished products. Finished products that, like, products no, that like, why didn't you put that out? Well, it didn't work. It's not right. Yeah. Are you uh, Are you from Connecticut originally? I am. Okay. I am. Cool. Yeah. Where Where at? Uh, I live in I live in uh, Black Rock, Bridgeport, right now, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Was your cool little community? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, my buddy Eric Donnelly is is in Bridgeport, I believe. 
uh, from the alternate routes. And um, oh, actually, he's uh, he's in a studio down the hall right now. Yeah, really. Probably. That's awesome. Quite possibly. Very cool. I love Eric. I yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. But yeah, there's a lot of really great. I was just talking about this with with another another guy on another podcast um, about people that are like New England musicians. And how they stick around, don't either. Well, Connecticut's close enough to New York, but like, don't hop over to LA or hop over to to Nashville. Like, have you ever had thoughts of moving out to any of those places? <laughs> it's like all these like facetious questions. Like, I know I already know the answer, but, uh, but it's like, you know, what what do you think about that? Like, what what do you think about those um, that possibility and you know the opportunities that may or may not be there. You know, I've had I've had managers in the past and who tell me tell me, you know, you should really move to Nashville. I think I think it would do you would do well there. And like, have you thought about going to LA and doing the pop thing? Like, you know, I like the sun, but I feel like I would never get any work done in LA. And Nashville, um I spent I spent a couple of years going to Nashville for a for a week every month. Uh and writing and i wrote a lot of songs uh with tons of different people and some of them were really good and some of them were really bad and i just got burnt out by the nashville way you know writing three songs a day and and just like i don't know uh the the cool thing i think actually the pandemic has has really opened up the door to not having to be anywhere you don't want to be Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, in this business, being able to do overdubs and 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 play from home and and sing background vocals from home, uh, and it's 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 great. I don't have to live in New York anymore. Uh, I don't have to live in Nashville. I don't have to live in in L.A. I can be in Connecticut. Like I have a great spot. I yeah. live 20 steps from the beach. There's a 300 cap music venue that just opened down the street, Park City Music Hall. Shout out. Uh, and and for the first time in my life, like my desk is not in my bedroom. Yeah, man. That that's I can gonna afford speak it. Volu- that's gonna speak volumes to other musicians. It's like just the idea, um just getting out of the rat race is is awesome and it's not even really getting out of it because you can like you just said you can do it all from home but there is there is something about um there is something that the pandemic kind of washed away that's like this idea that you have to be there you have to be around for to be involved in things and that's not necessarily true anymore like you said you know you can hop on some someone's instagram and message them or you can put out uh, uh an instagram reel which i've noticed that you've been doing a bunch of covers and stuff which sound fantastic and then have someone notice it or or duet it or or something like that you can create connections with people not being in one of these in these hubs and have to like literally just drop your entire paycheck into into your home you know it's just yeah it's it's tough it, it it's it's tough to do that but it's i think it's really really great now that um you know the tide has kind of turned over the last couple of years like i have 100 percent 
thought about like, you know, damn, I should be in Nashville. I should be, you know, I'm missing out on all this stuff, but I don't, I just don't feel like that anymore. And I don't know if it's just from having a family or whatever, but I, I really don't feel that way anymore. So I'm, I'm kind of the same way, you know, like I lived in New York, I lived in Brooklyn for seven years. It was, it was a blast. Uh, loved every minute of it. Um, had a, had a great time was lived practically like Rockwood music hall was my living room. Um, and Love Rockwood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was awesome. The musicians were, f are, are phenomenal, but I don't need to live there to go m to make connections uh, anymore. It's, yeah. it's like, I would say that I'm, I would say that I'm like quote still in the rat race. Cause I'm just like hustling and trying to make things happen, but I'm, I do it at a slightly more affordable pace. Well, not yeah. really. I just have more space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It costs the same, but I have more. Um, <laughs> how, uh, uh, when you were in New York, was that, was that to go to school or was that just, you just moved there to, uh, to just do the thing? No, I moved there to, uh, to, to hawk, uh, uh, a liquor brand actually. Really? Um, yeah, I ran all the all the events for a for a for a liquor brand for three years, and then was ended up playing playing gigs five nights a week and working all day long with do, doing these doing like working for the for this company and uh, working for the man, working for the man. <laughs> and then at some point, it was like I was making the same as I was with with my day job as I was with my like music. And I realized, wait a minute, if I like just full switch, it could work. Yeah. And I did. And then, and then you free up, you free up all that daytime for, yeah. For writing and, and, and what, whatnot, whatever, you know? Yeah. That's cool. What, what liquor brand, uh, you mind me asking? You ever hear of uh it's a small Austin based company, uh Tito's handmade vodka? Tito's. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Tito's. Um, Shout out Tito's. That's awesome. I mean, I had a similar experience. I was a bartender for 10 years and then yeah. and then ended up uh uh getting a gig, getting on the road and and basic, you know, if you work if you work at a at a job they want you to be there every now and then right <laughs> so it's like you know they hire you to be the guy it's so weird i i remember having conversations with my manager we were like listen i was hired under under the presumption that i was going to be away a lot <laughs> so you know this is fine this is totally fine and i you know i talked my way into like getting shifts when i came back after three week long runs and and after a while like i was just like okay i can't do this anymore <laughs> you know and then i just quit. yeah yeah that's how it that's, goes man the real world that's how it goes the real world is is a tough place yeah i noticed you had uh um you did a, a christmas record when was that release i didn't notice i didn't notice the release date on that i saw videos from 2021 that came out in twenty December of twenty twenty, okay. uh, and secret secret secrets. Uh, that's going to be a full length this year. Oh, awesome! Uh, I'm going to finish finish out uh, 
that was i think five songs um i'm gonna do another five or six that's and, great and press it to vinyl and do the thing because i love i love christmas music dude christmas music is the best and i love the video that you did with with the guys in the band and and I, I was watching back and noticing like those special moments where you guys just kind of look at each other because you know that you're because you're you're not really playing. You're you're right. Yeah, right. you're mimicking <laughs> it. And and I, I was watching. Uh, what's the drummer's name in that in that video? Spencer Inch. Yeah, because he could probably hear the track while you're playing and like something happened that he couldn't physically do because it was like there was like a Tom Phil <laughs> or something and he was only on the snare drum and him and the bass player like locked eyes and looked at each other and laughed about it. And then when you guys all like, you know, you turned it into this, you know, holiday spirit moment, which was really, really sweet and funny. Um, yeah. I love stuff like that, man. I really, really do. <laughs> it's like yeah. all this inside stuff. Man, that was such a fun shoot. We just we we that's actually the the horn player in that. That's his that's his living room. He also has a, a converted garage garage that's a a like a, a beautiful recording studio. Um that's awesome. But we chose to do it in the smallest <laughs> smallest <laughs> space in the house. <laughs> um and and uh yeah it was like a 12 hour shoot we did five videos that day and and it was just like chaos delirious at the end of it delirious we started at like 11 a.m and finished at 1 a.m oh that's amazing Uh, that's a um, long day it was such a long day (laughs) so long yeah oh the things the things we do for for entertainment dude we we recorded a uh a dvd um songs it's called songs by the sea uh and it was in this cottage on virginia beach and it was like four days just you know we wanted to get the light of of sunrise so you're like up at 5 a.m and then playing we did 30 songs and then you're a video shoot and you're playing live um and you're it's like 5 a.m and you're trying to make it look like it's you know you're playing a real show at night and it's, and then you just keep going, you keep going and going. It's like, all right, let's change clothes now. And then you go and do like 10 more. It's three takes each. It's just so much work that goes into it. It's like so much work. So much work. I would not want to edit any of these videos. I was scrolling through your, your, your gram all like all morning. I was the gram, the gram was just like, all right, this sounds good. This sounds really good. This all sounds fucking good. It's crazy. I'm getting sick of how good it sounds. And, uh, oh no, it's like, I hate, it's like, I hate how good he is No, but you mentioned that, um, you were on American Idol and I didn't, and I didn't realize this when I, when I met you, I didn't realize this until today, which is probably bad of me for being, uh, no, that's supposed to ask you questions on a podcast, but another Connecticut guy, Nick Fratiani, who won American Idol. It's like, what is going on in Connecticut? All you guys singing on American Idol. I didn't make it as far as Nick though. Not many people make it as far as Nick did. No, you know, they <laughs> you can count on a couple of hands the number of people. Yeah, I think about 20 people maybe. I don't even I don't know how many seasons there have been. Well, I was on season uh the farewell season 15, I think. Um 15. I think 15. he won like 14. 14, yeah. Yeah. It was it was an interesting experience. Uh it's definitely it's a TV show. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I met a lot of incredible people. Uh, honestly, 
the number of musicians that uh, you meet from that show who never even get a, a lick of TV airtime are some of the like world-class musicians, absolutely world-class musicians. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a show. It's a show. It's about, it's about the, the stories. It's about the sob stories. It's about the started from here and now we're like started from the bottom and now we're here kind of thing. Right. Um, and then singing comes in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all a popularity contest really a little bit. Yeah. Did anything come out of that show that you think helped you in, in, in your career so far or going forward after that experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when, when you say that, that, uh, it's gotten me gigs, it's gotten me, uh, uh, it's notoriety. It's, uh, yeah. it's another notch in the belt and, and it helps climb the totem pole a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, you know, from a consumer, from like a, a customer facing standpoint, people, oh, he was on American Idol, you know, like they, they, they perk, perk up, they turn their heads. Yeah, uh, for sure. What do I mean, what do you see? Where do you see the uh, like your music and your career going? Sorry, I keep getting Barry Privet keeps trying to FaceTime me. Sorry, Barry. Barry, who's that guy? Um, <laughs> Tell him I say hi. I will. You know, not only do you get the phone call or the FaceTime, but you know, whenever when Apple and everything's all linked, like your phone, your watch, your computer, like you know, a big screen says FaceTime. Do 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 do. You know, <laughs> goes on all of your devices and super loud and annoying. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like. It like it comes out of this computer, it comes out of that computer, it comes right. out of my phone, and then the two iPads that are in my backpack. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like whenever, ah, we're lighting up. Whenever I get a call, my wife is like, "What is going on? And <laughs> why is everything making noise?" Yeah, like with the pandemic, doesn't seem like the pandemic stopped you very much from doing anything since you are so focused on recording and writing and putting out actual projects and um does has the the pandemic and the slowing of live shows frustrated you do you want to get back out there more more um opening or or doing headlining shows i know it's a lot in one question but um maybe you can unpack that a little bit no totally totally um it's it's tough man i think i think this this year, actually, the I don't know if if Mercury was in in Venus or Saturn was was in rec, retrograde or or whatever, um, or or Mars was in Uranus. I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know. But let me tell you, uh, it's been it's been really tough, and and all I want to do is get out and play. Like you know, I I do music to to play music, uh, and and it's become a job because now I do all of the, all of the other management, all the administrative stuff. And it's like, what they don't tell you <laughs> when you want to be a musician is that, oh yeah, you also have to run your business. Right. Um, so not, so, not fun stuff. So it's like this, this year is, has, I'm excited for the spring to come. I'm excited for, uh, we've got a couple of really cool, cool dates coming up um i think i can say this uh i'm 
I just got, uh, I got booked to be part of sound on sound festival, um, in, in like literally down the street from my house, uh, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, that, uh, they just announced that Dave Matthews is, is playing. Damn. Yeah. See, damn. (laughs) Uh, so that's, that's an exciting thing. I've got a, a festival in North Carolina that I'm playing in May and, uh, uh, I'm, working on a, a whole slew of other things and playing with Todd Carey in March in Philly. And, uh, and we got a few scatter dates here and there that I'm trying to turn into, trying to turn, turn into like strings of strings of dates. Uh, but you know, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult when you're an independent, independent artist. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, you know, if you're doing, uh, who know? I mean, venues are, I can't imagine that they're not super gun shy right now. It's like, it's like, yeah. oh, we're going to book something and then it's just going to get canceled. Like what, what are we, what are we even doing? And, you know, having had COVID myself, and I don't know if, you know, I'm not, you can tell me if you feel the same way or not. Like, I think that we should be done. Like we should just keep, we should just go and, 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 and go in and, Whoever doesn't want to come, don't don't come. You know, don't come. I I feel like it's uh, you gotta you gotta weigh your risk factor and what you want to do. Um, yeah, you know, it's not a popular opinion, and it, it no, when you have when but, you have that opinion, it, it people think that you're discounting like all the bad, terrible stuff, like the people that passed away and all that. And it's like yeah. you're not. It's like we have to we have to look forward. Yes. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm on board. I think it's, I had it. <laughs> yeah. I got the tiger's blood now and uh, <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> I know it's blood. an unpopular opinion, but, uh, but I feel like it's the majority opinion, but it's just the quiet one. You know what I mean? Right. Everyone wants, nobody wants to do this anymore. Ugh. Nobody. I can't imagine. No, I can't imagine. For two years. Yeah. Two years. And it's just like, man, we're just. You know the 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 risk of when you get it of of anything really terrible happening is 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 low is low for and it's higher for other people but we know who the people are, um, so we have to protect them. But like I can't yeah. I can't validate like shutting down people's life and and the the biggest issue I do have is that like healthy people are like literally killing themselves because they yeah. can't they can't live in this version of reality anymore because i mean this doesn't feel like reality it still doesn't feel like reality i'm tired of i'm tired of of thinking about it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah i just want to live my life and and take care of the people around me and and get out and play play music again and and, and be in front of people and do the thing that i love to do yeah. So how are you going to get your uh, music out there? Are you going to pull it off of Spotify? Where are you going to go? Are you going to make your own streaming service or? Oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start my own streaming platform. Uh, it's, it's uh, called uh, Drew Vision. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, we, we just, we just signed, uh, signed Neil and Joni. They're, they're coming over. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a, a really, really powerful powerful service uh no <laughs> like, no god i'm no. stuck 
I think it's I think it's what a lot of artists are are doing right now, which I'm curious what you think, is they're using this as a reason for them to fight for more royalty money on Spotify, which is not what this fight's about. Um, it's just kind of a way for people to just sneak their sneak their thing in there and um, and try to argue for that point, which kind of confuses the point and, and makes it less effective, I think. But um, do you... Yeah, which which I think is a I think is a uh, also a valid argument, and and artists should take any opportunity I think to to band together and try to try to change change that that a little bit because yeah. they the payout the payout for these streaming platforms is so so minimal. It's it's uh, garbage. It's garbage. What do you think it would it take? It is garbage. What do you think it would take? Like if you really had to think about it. What way would you go to try to change uh, to regulate the um, uh, where the money goes as far as streaming is concerned? In Spotify, because what I will say, Spotify. I use Spotify every day. Yeah, me too. It's an excellent. It's an excellent product. I love the fact that I can basically pay for twelve albums a year and listen to anything ever recorded. I think it's fantastic, and the idea that um people should go back to the old way to just yeah you know, I, I think this way is better but there's a better way to compensate basically your the spotify's product which is which is other people's art you know one person the ceo should not be you know a billionaire some odd amount of times over like those profits should be going not all of it obviously i mean you're you make a right. business you deserve you, you work Absolutely. that hard you, you deserve what you make i'm i am not you know uh putting that down take your all. billion but share the rest <laughs> yeah well at least right? share i mean share, at least share a fair a fair <laughs> amount you know pay pay the people that are doing the work you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah i mean it's it's uh it's tough because I think that the major and look, I don't, I don't have all, I, I don't know all the facts. I don't know, have all the answers. So this is, this is just, uh, these are just my thoughts as I see them today. Uh, the, the labels, the major labels have a huge stake in, in Spotify. Uh, and as such, they get the scaled, payout before anybody else really gets gets the gets any payout and right. and you know like it's it's based on your then then for everybody else it's kind of based on your share of of listenership uh, and streams that kind of dictates your payout whether it's 0 .003 .004 .005 uh, when you're kind of talking CD babies, the A walls, the TuneCore, the uh, Symphonic, and all all these other all these other platforms. Um, put that over here, and then the next thing is right now the like the major streaming platforms have just just tried to go and go and change the the Millennium Copyright Act to to reduce. The royalty rate that they had that they have to pay out which i think is totally wrong like what the fuck 
Yeah, no, it, it's true. It is a what the fuck moment because who is advocating for the artists? Like, who is on the other side of that battle? Like, who is going to fight them on that? You know, Ari Herstand. Do you know Ari Herstand? No. Oh, you got to check out Ari's take. Ari okay. Herstand wrote wrote a great book called uh, uh, "How to Make It in the New Music Business." He's got two volumes out now, and and uh, shout out to Ari Herstand. He made waves in California when when they tried to do the whole uh, gig gig worker economy bill that basically said that uh, Uber drivers and and like gig economy people had to be employees in order to be in in order to have like jobs, which also had a which probably was was for good in that in, in that kind of arena but oh whoops had this little trickle down effect on musicians who could no longer play play at venues and and like oh, right, get to yeah. the bar gigs and and wedding gigs and restaurant gigs and 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 gigs where like like you it's it's just taxed a different way and and you have to have like workers comp insurance that's cripplingly expensive and and it just made made our business out there impossible to to do um, yeah so he he took he he basically lobbied lobbied the state of California and with a with a small team behind him and changed the law for musicians thank god Thank God. I mean, it's just like that's how much even through the to tie it into the whole pandemic. That's how much of an afterthought like we the arts are. are in this country. Yeah, that's how much of an afterthought it is. I mean, even even restaurant workers, uh, whatever, whatever gig economy, gig worker you are, whether you're a musician or the, you know, or if you're considered the low man on the totem pole. It's like you're fucked, <laughs> you know. It's a little like, bit. It's it, these people were a complete afterthought when it came to, uh, you know, stimulus help uh, or you know, grant money for for venues and stuff. You know, whatever they got, it wasn't enough. Um, no, you know, whatever anyone got, it wasn't enough. It was just, it was just. You know, fend for yourself, which I guess is is really the the American way, and it and it and it works in a good way a lot of the time. But in this particular uh, time, where it, nobody had control over the situation, I I you know I think it's it's unforgivable a lot of the ways that that uh, artists were treated in this, in this country. You know, completely yeah. un- unforgivable. You know, unforgivable, unforgivable. <laughs> It's like a, you see the uh, the Samuel L. Jackson. It was like a meme, probably ten years ago. It was like unforgivable. <laughs> no, Something. I never saw. It. <laughs> well, that sounds like the right person to do that. <laughs> no, but you know, you go you go to like Canada and you go to Europe and you go to the UK and and artists access to grants for. Uh, for like for better or for lack of a better term, for like rock and roll people, 
uh, artists, uh, touring musicians, people who don't play uh, classical music or high art or whatever, whatever you want to call high art. Uh, the grants in this country are so maybe maybe i'm wrong and if i'm wrong please somebody like somebody tell us <laughs> yeah seriously but it's so hard to find because i ain't seen any of that money i haven't I, buddy <laughs> where's that internet money buddy oh i got a free ticket to bennigan's <laughs> sorry every now and then i like to just break out to some south park uh, i'm not sure about a guy <laughs> listen friend <laughs> not yeah friend <laughs> one of the great episodes of all time oh, such a phenomenal episode I love, it's good that we can break up all this like heavy talk into something completely ridiculous and stupid um, yeah. but yeah I mean that's just a lot of it, it's funny I've had a lot of conversations like these and it's, it's just where it all goes <laughs> you know it's like yeah it's like why is the man's holding us down dude come on bro we got a band together <laughs> <laughs> gotta come together man that's right gotta come together bro um so what what are some of the things that you have um uh, well you have the big the big release tomorrow which is fantastic big release tomorrow congratulations Me and you comes that. out thank you comes out well it'll be out by the time you hear this right and uh you can hear it on spotify apple music uh wherever you listen to music you can find it it's called me and you uh, me plus you, uh, if you type it out, and um, and then we got a single coming out next month, and a, a six track EP that comes out in April. Awesome. Or I do. I always Very say cool. we for some reason when I talk about the art that I'm putting out because it's like it's me, but I have a small but fierce team behind me that helps helps uh, make it make it happen. That's good. Uh, so I, I feel like a, it's a team effort. I think it's important to give the to give the team the props they deserve. Um, yes, that's great, man. I can't wait to hear it and uh, see the videos and everything. It's like I, I'll tell you, man. When I when I first when I heard you perform, I was really blown away. So really happy that you uh, ended up coming on here and doing this and talking to me. And uh, you know, we got an episode out of it. It was great. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Thanks, Appreciate man. Appreciate it. All right. I'll see you soon. See you soon. And that is it. That's my conversation with Drew Angus. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Tomorrow night, I will be doing a live stream with Carbon Leaf. You can get your tickets at carbonleaf.com. If you want to do that kind of thing, we'll be down in uh, Maryland and in Richmond and all that the next uh, week or so, working on new music, the new album very exciting stuff so if you want to send me a message it's after the gig pod at gmail.com remember to rate review and subscribe and uh if you are so inclined you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash after the gig i'll see you next week goodbye i have mixed feelings about coming here haven't seen you in what feels like a year i'm not prepared to be back in l.a like such a different place Feelings change and people do too I'm not 
Can be. 